Thank you so much, Sue, for leading it so well. And there's a theme throughout everything we're saying, and that is really prayer. And is anybody listening to my prayers or my cries for help? And I wonder if you've ever asked that. Um, I want to teach us this morning that there's one piece of furniture that some people are drawing now at home that actually answers that question. Is anybody listening? The ancient church had a piece of furniture which told them the answer. Here are some ways that people might be crying for help. Maybe uh, as you're tuning in today or across the world, people we know. What causes us to cry out for help, which is essentially what a prayer is. Sick of their sin. People are just wondering, can they be any different to what they're stuck in? Guilt. Loneliness. Emotional and physical pain. Loss. Letdowns. Letting people down and being let down. Hatred. Being bullied. We cry out for help to someone or something. When relationship breaks down, or our work collapses, or we go into financial ruin, or we hit illness, like in Sue's story, or depression, or sometimes we're ashamed that we've let God down. So many things cause us to cry out for help to something, somewhere. In my experience, <clears throat> I've been in pastoral ministry for, I don't know, 12 or 13 years or something can't remember. I've held the hand, I've had the privilege of holding people's hand a lot as they've passed away and left this world and entered the next. And what I've realized is there are very few atheists in those moments. There are very few people who on their deathbed don't want me to cry out to something or someone on their behalf. And of course I gladly oblige and do pray for them. We all, I think, cry out in some way or another for help. We all fire something up. I remember when um, the Manchester bombings happened a few years ago, and there was a concert held after. And there were so many people singing and crying up to something or someone that this matters. There's been pain and suffering, and we care. And I was really interested I read a lot of uh, atheist literature, people who don't believe in God, who try and convince other people that God doesn't exist. One of them, uh, in one of their books, says, in the end, it's just blind, pitiless indifference. So just get on with life. And I was really interested that in that Manchester bombing concert, when there was real darkness and tragedy, nobody asked that writer to come and give a speech and say on the stage, What's the matter in the end? It's all blind, pitiless indifference. Rather, they brought in singers who gave quite emotional and rowdy songs, and, we, and people joined them looking up to the sky with arms out. And it was all basically, this matters. It is important. We're crying out. Something's broken and needs to be fixed. Uh, we may not face east or west, but we all cry out somewhere to something. Lots of people cry into bottles of alcohol, or into syringes, or cigarettes, or hobbies, just to escape. Here's a question. Why do people go to pubs more than they do to church in Wales at the moment? 
Why are people crying into other methods to get through life other than up to the living God to talk to? You ever thought about that? Maybe that's you. Uh, I think people stop praying to God because they just wonder, is he even listening? That's one reason, I think. Another t reason people may stop crying up to God is that he's answered no to something they've wanted before. And they've thought, all right, I'll deal life in my own way, thank you very much. And they think they're wiser to handle their problems than God is. Um, it's reasons like that. But for us in church, and this is the message that we want people to get on board with and join us, we still cry out to the living God. And it's the best place to fire up our prayers each and every day. Some of us pray several times a day, and we're convinced that that's the best way to fire our cries. Is anybody listening? In church, we believe and we know that our Father in heaven is. And he can listen to you too. And we want to invite you into this message of hope. I want to prove today that there is someone listening. And it's all about this item of furniture that we read from. And it just guarantees that we know God is listening. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible. It's a corker. But uh, the first five books are written by Moses. And it tells us everything we need to know about the universe and life and God and us and crying out. And they built a little church and a tent. It's called the Tabernacle. And that tabernacle was just a visual picture of everything we need to know about the big questions of life. Like, is anybody listening? Does God exist? Does he hear me? And then all that happens in the Bible is it just repeats the messages of the first five books over and over again in different ways. And then finally, Jesus comes and is born and he says, right now, I'll tell the first five messages with my own words and my own body. I'm going to act it out and show you these truths. Is anybody listening? And that's the message of the Bible. So if you're in pain this morning, um, or if you're not, you might be one day. The message of the ancient church, which I'm going to spell out now, is so easy to understand. The first five books of the Bible are just the best, in my opinion. They're so physical and practical and have all the answers. And there's an object which they had in the church. They had a few pieces of furniture. One represented Jesus. One represented the Holy Spirit. There's a big seat which God the Father sits on behind a curtain. But there's another object. And Sue read it wonderfully. And I'm really interested to see if it was the children have pictured it correctly as it was being read. I wonder if you did as an adult. Neil is now going to put up on the screen two pictures of the uh, uh, the altar of incense. Did you get it right? Oh, hold on. He's telling me to do actions like a weatherman. There, it's there's somewhere around there. Did you get it? Now I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. Uh, but I want to talk to anybody who's not a Christian for a second, who's not trusting in the living God, who's Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, Neil, you can take them down if they're not there. Maybe put them up in a bit. It's up to you. But I want to talk to anyone who 
feels angry at God or doesn't know God, feels that there's a disconnect between you two, so your prayers are going nowhere. Um, and I want to help you here with a few questions. There was a curtain in the ancient church blocking people from just swanning into where God is and crying out to him. That curtain represented like a barrier, sin. There's something that is blocking us. And here's a question. Can I, Owen, walk up to Boris Johnson this morning and say, uh, walk into his office and just make demands and expect him to listen to me? Um, the answer to that is no. I can't say, Boris, I really want to tell you that the road I live on floods quite a lot and the drain is blocked. If you could do something about that. Or I actually feel, Boris, the petrol costs too much at the moment. Can you do something about that? He's going to say, who are you? Get the security guards. How did you get in here? There's a breach. Um, although well done for getting into my office. It's quite impressive. Um, anyway, my name doesn't merit the attention. There's a block. Uh, you know, who am I? I need someone who merits a position for me to sort of speak on my behalf. If I was Boris's son sitting at his dinner table every night and said, Dad, pass the spuds, he's going to say, yeah, fine, here's the potatoes. Why? Well, because I merit the position. I share his name. I'm in his family. And here's the thing the Bible says to perhaps some of you who don't know God. Maybe you're angry at him. Maybe hate him. Maybe you're living life and you never consider him. Well, the Bible says your prayer life is sort of being blocked. Um, who does, if God is a father, as the Bible calls him, who does he hear? Who does he hear the cries of? His children. Now, there are exceptions in the Bible and church history in the kindness of God where he hears and the cries of other people as well. But by and large, he hears, because he's a father, the cries of his children. Now, God has made everyone and everything. But some people live like they're orphans, and they don't want God as a father. So there's a group of us who are actually called his children. It's the Jesus people, the Christians. Listen to this verse in Romans chapter 8. For those who have the Spirit of God that Jesus shares with us when we become friends with Him, they are the children of God. And we know that Jesus was the Son of God. And Jesus has the right to talk to the Father anytime He wants. Jesus sits at the table with the Father. He's sitting next to Him right now, talking. He has the right. He's earned the right. He's got the name Christ, the perfect Messiah. He's earned it. And here's the great thing about being a Christian, and which is why we want you to join us in this faith. Jesus shares his sonship with people like me and you, who are spiritual orphans by nature, but he dies for us, he cleans us up, and he gives us an inheritance and being a family member, and his Holy Spirit, and Jesus goes everywhere with his bride. So the Father now hears the prayers of Jesus, and the family of Jesus, the sons of God, the church. <clears throat> and I just wanted to tell any non-Christian that, that 
It's those whose people, the people whose sins have been washed away. They cry out and their heavenly father hears them. Like a family, a father of a family. We have been brought in as sons and daughters. And if you trust in Jesus this morning, you will be brought in too. And you will know for sure your prayers are being heard and answered by a heavenly father. Sadly, for so many of us, we live in God's world. We don't like him. We don't want him. But we do occasionally put a penny of prayer in the slot machine like God is a giant fruit machine. Pull the handle. Hope an answer that we want comes out. And if he doesn't give it to us, we jack him in and carry on our merry way. That's a tragedy. That's how orphans behave who don't want God as a father. But for us Christians, we trust the living God so much, even if he doesn't answer our prayers the way we want when we cry out, we still trust him that he's working everything for good and that he's our father. And now I've laid the groundwork for the last parts of this message. Let's look at how um, dogmatic and clear it is that someone is listening to our prayers and our cries. And Sue read the altar of incense. Now, children, did you, or adults, did you see where it was positioned in the ancient church in the tabernacle? An item of furniture shouted at the TV. It's in verse 6 if you've got Bibles open anywhere out there. It was positioned right up against the curtain, which was blocking people from getting to God the Father. So the item was right there. And it was right next to a furniture piece of furniture which represented Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So here we are, right here, and God's over there, but the prayers are pushed right up close against the curtain. Do you picture it? Moses is painting a simple picture. Our prayers are this side. They're offered here on earth. But how do they get into where God is? Over that side. Who's listening to me? How does it get there? And just in case you think I'm making this up, what does the altar represent? Well, here's Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 to 10. The four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, Jesus. This is a picture of worship in heaven. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. There's that word again. Which are the prayers of God's people and they sang a song to Jesus saying you are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals you have been slain and killed and with your blood you purchased God's people from every tribe and language and people and nation so it's like Jesus centered people are worshiping in their own languages and the prayers are a picture, and the incense is a picture of their prayers in their own languages, and it's all around the throne of God, and He's listening to their prayers and their cries. And it's not local people, it's not just Cardiff people. Listen to this one, I love this. When we pray, uh, it's like a part of the international church of God all praying this morning. Here's Malachi chapter 1. My name, says God, will be great among the nations. 
from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name. Because my name will be great among all nations, says the Lord. Now I love that. Because I don't know if you ever feel like you're on your own. But prayers are being brought from all around the world today up to heaven. Which means, there's like an Ethiopian version of me, maybe preaching this morning, asking for prayers to help preach. We're not alone. We're going through things together. There's a Bosnian version of Sue, who's leading another service in a different part of the world, offering prayers up to the living God. There's a media team in Timbuktu who are praying in their own language to God and it's like this wispy incense and God is listening. There's an Australian Christian couple who have just had news that they've had a cancer result in the family and they're praying to God like Christians in Cardiff are and going through the same thing as well. But here's the thing, we're all united together and someone's listening. Now here's the most brilliant part about the altar of incense a priest would walk up to it a priest and he would light it and all this nice smelling smoke incense would wisp around the church and where does the smoke go the answer is it goes everywhere this side and it seeps through that side as well. It's pushed right up against the curtain. And it's wisping around. The prayers are being heard. When I was young, I went to my friend's house. And his dad said, Owen, do not touch the toaster. It's broken. So I touched the toaster. I pulled it down. And then within about 30 seconds, black smoggy smoke had gone everywhere in the lower part of the house. And I was kicked out of the house and couldn't play with my friend again for a while. The smoke went everywhere. The prayers are going everywhere where God is. In fact, his homework in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 3 to 4, it describes the altar of incense as pretty much being in the throne room. It's so close to God. Though it was on this side, it might as well have been in there. It's so close to God. Fired up from earth, from a hospital bed, or a church, or you're out on the streets, or you're in your very posh office, but you feel empty, and up it goes. Fired off from the earth side of the curtain, but it makes its way into the throne of heaven like smoke. And we close with these thoughts. I don't know if you've ever been to a church service, but we close our prayers with this, in Jesus' name. Now that's no small thing, because we might be asking, well, all right, a little bit of smoke might have traveled in and around the curtain, but how does it really waft in there? How do my prayers really get fully heard? Well, the lighter of the incense was the priest. And Jesus is our great high priest. So Aaron in the story Sue read was just 
play pretending and doing dress up, acting out the role of Jesus. And then Jesus would come later on and do the same thing because it was all about him anyway. He, the priest, was the only person who had the right, like Boris's son has a right, to open that curtain and go inside. In goes the priest to the presence of God the Father. And with him went all of the smoke, all of the prayers of the people. And what's the picture? Is anyone listening? Picture it. There you are in the ancient church times. You make a little space and the priest walks past and he's going right up to the throne where God is. And what you've done is you've told him about your day, your worries, your sins and your failings, what your family's going through. You just put it on him. Because he's the one that's got the right now to go in. And he walks up, and elsewhere in Exodus and other books of Moses, it says the church is written on stones on his chest and on his shoulders. So it's literally like the church members have just jumped on the shoulder of the priest. You know that term, standing on the shoulder of giants? Definitely a ripoff from Moses. They've jumped on the shoulders of the priest, and he carries the burdens of church with him like prayers and smoky prayers and opens the curtains and they're face to face there with the living God himself. You're like, is anybody listening? Jump on the shoulder of the priest. And all that is in, in Jesus' name, we pray in this prayer. We trust him that he is worthy to talk to you for us He's the great high priest who's going to connect our prayers to you. And thank you, Father, for sending him to come and be our priest and saviour, to ignite our prayer life. Thank you, Lord. You want your cry of help to be heard. Have your name etched into Jesus. Let him remove your sins this morning. Let him come in to your life and carry you and your prayers every day to the loving Father. Hebrews 7, because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. John 17, the high priestly prayer. Jesus prayed to his father, Father, I have made you known to them, my people, and will continue to make you known to them in order that the love you have for me may be in them. I'm connecting us all together. Is anybody listening? The altar of incense teaches us very clearly that God himself is leaning in to the prayers of his people this morning. And he cares about everything from the number of hairs on your head to the tragedy you're going through in life. We are not praying to an angry judge when we pray in Jesus. We are speaking to a loving, trustworthy, safe father who has adopted us in at the cost of the death of his son on our behalf. He is never too busy or doing something else instead of listening to you.
May the Lord Jesus Christ be your saviour, your Lord and your great high priest this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.